Hey, good morning, good afternoon, depending on where you're at. Um, boy, do I have a special guest here. I'm pretty excited for episode 13 of The Power of Helping People. Uh, we have Angela Asman, okay? Now, An Angela is a Oxford High School graduate, which we actually went to school together. She graduated in 2001, which is pretty exciting. And believe it or not, it's been almost two decades since we reconnected. So, you know, you're in for a treat today. We're going to go over some things that she's had in the past, what she's done and, you know, what she's moving on with her journey. So we're going to we're going to first bring her up here. What's going on, Angela? How you doing? Good. Hi, Ryan. Hey, how's it going? You know, I, I wanted to bring you on here and because I, I, I've been following you for about six, to six, probably almost six to eight months now. And I just thought you were a very inspirational person and and you've got a really good thing going on social media. So I really wanted to touch base with you. But first, I wanted to introduce you to my guests and just tell you tell you just a little bit about what what you're doing and how you're doing it but first and foremost i want to tell everybody that you're a mother of two uh two beautiful girls uh one is six rita and one is hope and she is nine years old which is pretty cool because we uh, my wife and i had a baby about 15 months ago and we named her summer hope so that 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 name is so powerful um, and i just love the meaning of hope so because we all need hope in this world so you have hope i have hope so it's even better mm -hmm. so um i also wanted to touch base with you and, and and let you know that i'm excited to have you on today because it's been like almost two decades we've reconnected probably in the last couple months but I'm just, I, I, you're just a person that I gravitate to, you know, just your, your faith uh, background, your, your wisdom, the, the willing to help people is the biggest thing. So first and foremost, I just want to break the ice and say how excited I am. And also too, you just got back from two trips. So why don't we go into those two trips? Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you were doing on those trips, why you went on those trips and one will look like it was from, you know, purification, pure relaxing, you know, relaxing everything. And the other one looked like it was work. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Okay. So, well, first of all, thank you because uh, you're someone I gravitate toward too. I can't believe it's been um, 20 years, but um, same to you, like power of helping people. And uh, not a lot of people are doing that on social media. So I, you kind of notice when someone is. Um, so the first trip I was, yeah, it was just family, my husband and my sister and my brother-in-law, and we went on a cruise and my husband is a adventure seeker. He likes to like, you know, go on trips often. So he's always, you know, got something up his sleeve. Like, what, what are we doing next? What are we doing next? Um, so that was his, he planned the whole thing, he, you know, got a, a coupon or something. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> And the other trip, and it was so much fun. I mean, I, I have a, a very close and um, fantastic relationship with my sister um, and my brother-in-law, which is really special because that's kind of rare, but they actually live right behind me. I'm looking at their house through my window right now. Um, and it's kind of cool because we our families are, are growing up together. Her kids are older than my kids, but, you know, we're pretty tight. And then um, the next trip was with my company. So I actually represent a network marketing company. I'm a distributor for a company called Monate Global. M-O-N-A-T. I always spell it because <laughs> it's one of those things that could be pronounced so many different ways. I'm, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right. But um, it's Monate and it stands for modern nature. So I've been with this company for um, going on four years. It's been three and a half years. And uh, it was actually my husband who got me into it. But I mean, one of the things I did not see coming was that I would qualify for trips with this company because when you see other people doing it, you just assume that's really difficult to do. And it's not like it's a breeze, but I shockingly have qualified for these trips through the company. So um, the way those network marketing companies work is you get commissions and bonuses, but you can also earn trips. So that was a free trip. And I got to bring my best friend with me, who's not a part of the company at all. That was really cool because I got to treat her to like a paradise vacation and then got to introduce her to all the people that I work with at, at Monet too. 
Now, t- tell me a little bit about this trip. I mean, obviously, it's a, a trip that you guys collaborate together. You guys talk about strategies and stuff that you guys are doing. How does that impact when you guys go on trips like this? How does how, how what do you take away from this? Is it something like you go there and you just you're full of this energy? You come back and you just rah 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 and you go, or is it something that you know you you take a lot of wisdom from these trips and you really just you get centered and you get focused and you really just you know grow in life in, in general on these trips? All of the above. And it, and it really kind of depends on where you're at in your mindset before you even go on the trip. Because it depends on what you want out of the company and what you want out of the experience. Do you consider this a job or is this something you signed up to do for fun? And you kind of gravitate toward the people who are like-minded with you. Um, and because you build friendships over time. Like the first trip that I ever went on, I was just so in awe of like how, you know, how amazing it was that I was there. The first trip I went on was to Las Vegas and I was just um, enamored with like how they spoiled us. And um, I got to meet people who I had only known virtually before. So it's like you and I knew each other in person and then, you know, reconnected virtually. But when you do um, network marketing and probably a lot of other jobs nowadays, you don't see people face to face. It's often like this or over text message. And sometimes you only, you only talk in the comment section of a post, you know? Um, So it can kind of, it's, it's strange because there are people who I almost looked up to like celebrities, but they're, they're only well known in my company. (laughs) Yeah. I got to see them face to face and I was like, oh my goodness, it's so-and-so and and that's so-and-so. And and I've only ever seen them in a training video before, you know? And it's funny because now having been with the company for three and a half years, now I'm that person to some other people who are following me just because I do money and they see me in person. They're like, oh my goodness, I watch your videos. I get to meet you in person. And I'm like, this is weird. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, you know what the best thing about it is too. You put out you put out all these videos and they're dancing videos and they're lip singing videos. And I just think that you know people have to have fun with their job. And I feel like you have the most fun ever on your job. So when you go to these trips, you're just like people want to gravitate you because they they literally see and they're like, oh my gosh, I love this girl. She's awesome. I love it. She's so attractive when it when it comes to you know energy and everything like that. So I think people gravitate just because you're so positive in your videos. And also too though is just because we're positive all the time doesn't mean we have you know our down and out days so you know i look at things like that is is like maybe we use social media for that outlet to to feel different about ourselves and and really share what's inside that we can't get out on a day-to-day basis now i have a question for you how has social media impacted you with your job today because i know since i've started getting out more the last year and a half and which is way out of my comfort zone people are always like well no it's it shouldn't be out of your comfort zone you're always approachable you can talk to people but you got to understand is you're putting this stuff out in the universe and then you're not pulling it out you once you put it out it's there forever so you know how does how has social media impacted your business not only meeting people but transferring and getting better on your walk and your journey That is such a good question and so really relevant to where I'm at right now with my job and um, personally, too, Um, because I'm in continuous conflict in that regard. Um, I love how I can utilize social media to market myself in my personalized brand, you know, because no matter what you're doing, even if you're not representing a product, like whatever we're putting out there on social media, it's kind of like it's branding, you know, regardless of whether or not you think of it as marketing and branding, it's, uh, we are presenting ourselves to the world in a certain way. So the average person is sharing their pictures of their family, pictures of their pets and sort of like what, just what they're up to. And, um, the branding though is, is always, uh, we don't share, our dirty laundry, you know, that's what I always, I'm like, nobody's sharing their dirty laundry. And we're not supposed to, it's not like I think I'm going to log on and suddenly see, you know, everybody who's like, you know, struggling with mental health and they're all going to be posting about their, you know, are struggling in their marriage or just, you know, having like a, so everyone once in a while say I have a bad day, but, um, we act like, um, I've heard people say that in a negative way, you know, that social media can be very deceiving because it's kind of like all these snapshots from the really great moments of your life. And you don't really know what's going on 
in the inside. And sometimes that can make people feel really isolated as observers. So um, I don't necessarily think that should change because I think that a lot of the things that go on in our personal lives should be personal and should be private. So I don't think we need to air our dirty laundry, but I've tried from the beginning of knowing that when I got into network marketing, I knew it was going to be a lot of social media. And I, from the get go was like, I don't like this um, creation of a facade and, you know, how you, you do know somebody personally and suddenly they start with one of these, um, you know, multi-level marketing companies and it sound, they sound like a completely different person or they just become, they only talk about their product or their brand all the time. And so I was like, I just want to be authentic. And I honestly, like, I, I cannot be anything other than vulnerable. <laughs> Like, some people have a hard time with that. It comes very naturally to me to the extent that like sometimes I worry that I'm sharing too much um, and I have to be guarded about that. But there is um, I'm in constant angst about what I should be sharing on a daily basis um, because I want to share something. It's so in my heart to want to share something that's going to connect with someone else out there. And like you always say, even if it's only one person, even if this is this message or whatever I have to share today is only for one person, if it makes someone else's day brighter because I made them laugh or encourages them, or um, if I, you know, share a personal experience of mine, like I do share about my struggle with depression a lot. If, I, if someone out there is reading that and so relieved that they're not the only one, then I'm, I'm okay. The, pro the problem is you don't know because most people who connect with what you're doing don't comment, don't like, and don't say anything ever. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, it's tricky because I, I so badly don't want the validation. I don't want to want the validation, but I want the validation. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to know, like, you know, um, and, and also there's a careful balance for me about sharing because I want to help people and sharing because I am running a business. And there's like this angle of attraction marketing that I need to be aware of that um, when I do go on a trip, part of the work while we're there is to take a lot of pictures and share it all so that people see, you know, and, and might want to join our, us and do, because that's part of the network marketing thing too. It's not just selling the products, it's selling the opportunity. It's the journey that you're on. I mean, it's the journey from start to finish. So if you put your your time, your energy into this, you are going to succeed. And, and and that's the living proof of you, even though it's slower, you know, you just keep going to keep going. It's almost a consistency. It's just like social yeah. media. Everybody always tells me, and I don't know about you, but everybody always says, well, I can't do that. I can't do that. I could never get on camera. I could never get on camera. Well, I was one of those guys too. But until you do it, until you stop and just try to do it, you really don't realize if you can do it or not. You yeah. know, it's it's almost having that. I always say I always look at it like this. You know, if you have a story to tell, why are you holding it back? You need to tell that story because you can impact so many people from that story. And and I have a life experience every day, just like you do. And we want to tell that story. I mean, a perfect example. And I can go into this right now because it's it's one of those stories that I connected with you is, is you had your daughter, Rita. OK, you took her. I think it was it was probably about a month ago now. It's almost a month ago. You took her to swimming class. OK, why don't you share that story about swimming? Because you took her to class. She was crying on the way there. She was crying when she was there. And then she was crying on the way home because she didn't want to leave. Tell that story, because those are the stories that people connect with, because, you know, kids do those kind of things. But we really as parents, we get angry, but we're really not supposed to get angry because you never know what that kid is thinking. So why don't you tell that story? Because I thought it was so impactful. And I think that that story right there might even help somebody out, because instead of getting mad as a parent, why don't you ask your kid the question of, are you okay? Is something else going wrong? You know, yeah. stuff like that. And I thought, you know, that made me think, maybe I should ask my kids instead of getting mad at them, maybe I should ask my kids that question. Is it okay? Are you okay? I mean, do you want to do this? If you don't want to do it, I don't want to force you to do it. So tell that story because I thought that was so amazing. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, it's so hard to know as a parent when to push because this is, you're just throwing a fit period, you know, mm -hmm. or, or like, you know, even if they're not throwing a fit, if um, they're scared in any given moment or frustrated or angry, it's really hard to know when sometimes there isn't anything deeper going on and they just need to do it and they need to get over it because if they would, then they would be fine. <laughs> oh, absolutely. 
possibly really enjoy themselves, you know? So I, that is, it's such a tricky thing as parents. And so what happened was we enrolled our daughter in swim lessons per her request. She wanted to, she was learning to swim, but wanted to be stronger swimmer. This is our six year old, by the way, she's in first grade and um, she's a little less adventurous than our older daughter, but um, she also just, you know, she hasn't learned to ride a bike yet. She doesn't have the ambition <laughs> that our older daughter has. So when she asked for swim lessons, we were really proud and excited. And my husband enrolled her and he was the one that was supposed to take her that night. And she um, was really excited until right up when it was time to go and, you know, started crying and said she didn't want to go. And uh, so we said, you have to got her in her swimsuit, got her in the car. She cried the whole way there, you know, and, uh, she also just tends to be nervous in new situations and around new people. So, um, again, I feel like our, our role as her parents sometimes is to push her, you know, and be there with her. My husband wasn't dropping her off at the door and saying goodbye. He walked Mm. in and, um, she wouldn't get in the pool. She just refused. And, uh, we offered her incentives. We tried consequences. We tried rewards and nothing was getting this kid in the pool. So my husband finally just you know, put her back in the car, turned around and came home. And then when she got home, uh, you, she, she didn't appear to be phased. But then that evening when I was putting her to bed, she said something to me that shocked me because I just didn't know that she had thought that much about it. She said, um, Mama, what if, what if we weren't called the Hasman family? What if we were called the not afraid family? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm trying to hold it together. I'm like, this is a deep question. <laughs> right, right. I go, okay, so like we wouldn't be afraid, like we just wouldn't be afraid of anything. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, that would be really cool. She's like, yeah, like I wouldn't be afraid of new food or any, and, and then, and I wouldn't be afraid to eat um, like something she said she didn't like to eat. And I wouldn't be afraid to get in the pool. And it occurred to me in that moment, like, oh my gosh, she was genuinely terrified. Like, I really thought that um, I I was just irritated, to be honest, because she also is a very picky eater. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're not scared to try the food. You just don't want to. Like, it's it's a different kind of thing, right? So I just thought, wow, okay, there's there's times when um, I wouldn't pick up on something so subtle. And I was glad and thankful for that moment that I was quiet because I was laying with her and I had my ears open to listen to her saying that, that she was afraid. And so I said, you know, you don't have to do swim lessons until you're ready, but we could have played that all completely differently and said, well, I'm sorry, you're not afraid, but you know, I've had situations where I wasn't afraid either, or I was also afraid, but, um, my mom told me I had to do it and I'm so glad I did. Mm -hmm. So honestly, I don't really think it I don't know necessarily whether we did the right thing, but I think sometimes as parents, it's like, trust our, trust your gut. You just got to trust. And we pick our battles, right? Like we're already battling with her over her diet. And is it the end of the world if she doesn't take these swim lessons? No, because she's going to figure it out. She's going to learn how to swim and she'll be a fine swimmer. And when she's not afraid to go swim lessons anymore, then we'll put her, we'll enroll her back in, you know, but. One thing, one thing that I, I noticed on that whole thing is you're actually present with her, you know, and, and most parents are just like, come on, come on. And they're always so busy. And, you know, even with us is we're always so busy on social media and we're always so busy with our job and we're so busy with our lives. It was that moment that you took the few minutes to be present with her and actually listen. And to be honest with you, that's why I started this podcast is because I wanted to be a better listener. You know, so like yeah. when when you when you're speaking, I'm listening to you in detail and figuring out exactly where to take the story because you have such an impactful story. So that's 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 why I brought that story up because it's so impactful. It was impactful to me and helped me out because sometimes I just want to put the kids to bed so fast because that's my only time after to be like myself or to read or do my you know things on my own or even just be with my wife. And so yeah. like you're always so hurry and hurry. And, and so like putting my kids to bed is a very, very important time in my life. So you doing that just reassured me to say, hey, I need to be a little bit more present every single time that I'm doing that. And it doesn't matter if you're two months old, if you're eight months old, or if you're you know 15 years old, you have to be present with your kids and ask them questions and, and listen to them. Um, I'm not always doing that, believe me. <laughs> I mean, 
that Trust needs me. to be known. Okay. So like yeah. not, I am not consistently present and unhurried and stop what I'm doing to listen to my babies. Like, no, I mean the most, most of the time I'm like everybody else out there who like I'm running from time to, um, I'll say this is, I'll make this really quick, but there, I had another moment with my other daughter, Hope. She gets very frustrated when she's doing math homework, which makes me really frustrated. And we get angry and we're yelling at each other. And, um, I had got gone on that trip with my husband and my sister and my brother-in-law. I was home for less than 24 hours before I was leaving again. And during that time is when I was helping her with her math homework. And I, I, we both got so frustrated. I'm yelling at her. She's yelling at me. <laughs> yelling at her to stop crying. Yeah. Are you crying? And uh, she ended up sort of like sulking on the couch loudly sulking on the couch and I was like you need to take your emotions somewhere else because we can't we don't need to listen to this. <laughs> like I'm not always so compassionate and present the thing was like I think that I'm trying to more often catch myself when um when some when a irrational anger rises up in me even if it doesn't feel irrational in that moment, I think like anytime I'm really mad or really frustrated, I'm, I'm starting to ask myself the question, like um, my best friend always says, You're, we are a mirror. Our emotions are a mirror. Like whatever we think about somebody else in any given moment is really just a mirror of, of something that we think or feel about ourselves. So when I'm getting angry and frustrated with my daughter, I think to myself, like, what else is going on in me? Why can't I hold it together in this moment to have a little bit of patience with her, even if I need to discipline her, just to not let it get out of hand. And um, I thought to my, I'm like, in that moment, I'm tired. I also feel guilt because I just spent five days away from my kids. And I know that in less than 24 hours, I'm going to be away again for another five days. And this moment that I wanted to have with my daughter isn't going the way that I wanted it to. And so I stopped myself after yelling at her for 10 minutes, you know, and sat down with her and said, can we try to figure this out? What else, what else is going on? Why are you so upset? And she was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. She just said, I I'm having a bad day. I'm just having a bad day. I just can't stop crying. And I don't know why. And so I told her what I'm, I, I often share with my nine-year-old, not necessarily my six-year-old because I don't think she's ready for it. I share with her what I'm learning about like self-awareness because it, whether it's through therapy or through talking to other people. So I said, you know, honey, I'm learning that whenever I cry, it doesn't come out of nowhere. Tears come from somewhere. And it's good if you can try to figure out where they came from, because if you don't know what your thoughts are, you know, you're always going to think that you're having a bad day when you lose, when you get frustrated. So we, I started suggesting to her, is this why you're mad? Are you frustrated because you didn't get the problems right? And she, I, I, are you frustrated because you're afraid that you're going to disappoint your teacher? Do you feel like you're going to disappoint me and daddy? Are you frustrated that you made me angry? All these things. No, no, no. I finally said, honey, are you sad because you missed me? She lost it. Yeah. Like that was it. I was like, oh my gosh. And then I lost it because I was like, yeah. oh, it was so simple. Like it had nothing to do with the math homework. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and it was one of those things too that she she was telling you the truth and you got it out of her, which is really cool. I mean, that's a, you know, you, you really as a parent, I mean, you got to be present, but you also have to have your own time, you know? And so we, like, I have a 14 and 12 year old and I get it. Like I, I, I've, I've had them say, I hate you, dad quite a mm -hmm. bit lately. I mean, they're in that stage of life where if you, if you know, they don't agree with you, they hate you. So it's like one of those things that with me that I take that to heart because I'm like, I want to be the best dad. I want to be the best person, but it's almost one of those things that you have to really just step back and say, well, why is she really mad? Is something going on at school? Is something going on at home? Or am I just not being present enough to, to them to be able to have them tell me what's going on? So, you know, I really I'm, I'm glad you shared those stories because that that story was very powerful. But I wanted to transition back into, you know, your 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 childhood and how you, you know, went from middle school to high school, because obviously, you know, with that, you know, you grew up with, a, a you know, a great mom and dad, both married. You know, they're still married to this day, which is, is amazing, you know, to, to be able other. to grow up <laughs> yep, to each other, to each other. Yeah. It's very amazing to actually have a parent that you still because this day and age, I mean, my parents are divorced. I mean, there's a lot of people that are divorced. So, you know, I look at that, too. But 
you know, tell us a little bit about your your childhood growing up because you know you you have this you know form of depression. But tell us how how you developed that and and, and to go into how you started coping with it. Okay, well, uh, so I've I've struggled with depression since high school, um, but I think that before that I had sort of a predisposition toward it. Um, I learned I actually have a background in psychology, so I know a little bit, but. Um, there's it's kind of like some people are just sort of genetic genetically like predisposed to have um a mental health issue but it will not be some people it'll never express itself if, if there's not like sort of the right situational triggers um so i was a real really shy kid i don't know what that's about i've later learned that shyness is an actual social anxiety um it's very it's different from being introverted like the fear of social situations and stuff um and I uh, felt safe around my family, but I was really shy. Well, when I got to uh, about middle school, um, I had a really good friend who um, thought it was funny and it gave me more confidence. And then um, these are funny. It's so funny looking back these critical um, and pivotal moments. Then there was a, a popular boy who showed interest in me. That gave me a little bit more confidence. It's so funny how those, those little things, they like matter, you know? Um, and then when I got to high school, I think though, under the surface though, I still, even, no matter how much um, confidence I was gaining outwardly, I was still insecure a little bit on the inside. And therefore I related a lot to other people who were somehow insecure. And I sort of like, I had this um, desire to help someone who may not feel like they fit in or feel like they're with the, the, the in crowd or something, you know? So I ended up befriending a couple of people in high school who um, I, I like to call them the underdogs. Like I just wanted to help them. And I, I looking back on it, I realized that something in their personality, they were actually seeking out my kind of personality. And it was like not a good combination because they needed professional help. And they were trying to seek from me what they should have been getting from professional. Not like I was their therapist. It was just that, like, um, I became for my my one friend. I became her her hotline every time she felt like she might want to hurt herself. And uh, for the other friend, I was um, if I was to, I always answered when he called, and I felt like I had to stay on the phone with him or also who knows what he might do. That was like, I mean, that kind of pressure on a young kid. That, so that's I'm, not a lot. That's not good on, on a young kid to put all that pressure on somebody because it really just breaks you down, you know, it, yeah. it almost breaks you down. So tell me how you cope with that. Uh, I, well, I understand now they didn't know what they were doing and I didn't necessarily blame them at the time, but I took on a lot of the responsibility on myself. I started to feel like I couldn't, um, I couldn't get my shit together, so to speak. I, I thought that like I I was letting everyone down because I felt like I couldn't help these friends, but also the amount of time I was spending with those friends was taken away from my relationships, the other relationships in my life. So my boyfriend at the time, my mom, my sister, all of my relationships were suffering because I was taking on this responsibility. And while I it's it sounds like like super self-sacrificial, but it was sort of the opposite because I started being like, I was angry, really. I was mad that they had, they, they were taking advantage of me like that. And then I started to feel like everyone was taking advantage of me. Like, why does everyone need so much from me? Why can't I just be alone? Or why doesn't anyone care what's going on inside of me? Like, I'm taking care of you or I, I'm worried about you and you and you and you and you and who, who's worried about me? Well, my mom and my sister were worried about me, but I didn't see it because I was such a mindset that like nobody cares and nobody understands what's going yeah. on, you know? So I, um, I started harming myself. It was actually that at the time was taught to me as a coping mechanism by one of my one of the people who were seeking me as help when they shouldn't have been. Um, that was something she said that gave her a release and made her feel um, like it took her mind off of it because it was something else to focus on. And it was also, I later put this together, even though she didn't tell me that, that it was an outward evidence of what I felt like I was feeling inside. 
because when you're broken inside, you're just walking around. Nobody has any idea that anything's going on. And so even though I didn't necessarily want anyone to see it, it was evidence in my eyes. Like I'm not crazy. Something really is wrong. And, um, and that's not a healthy, healthy coping mechanism. Like it didn't help at all. It was, it really brought me down a bad road of sort of keeping everything inside, not, not seeking help, not seeking professional help, and also not really processing my thoughts or what was leading me to the point of getting to where I would want to harm myself like that. So instead of like working through my thoughts and figuring out like what was thinking, what was I thinking that was probably irrational or bouncing it off of somebody who could tell me that if my thoughts were irrational and, and like giving it to Jesus even, and just having him like, you know, um, repair me instead of doing any of that, I would just immediately go to hopelessness, helplessness. And it was almost, it became like a, like a comforting place to be in a place that was really self-destructive in a place where I would just sit there and just let the negativity pour over me. I mean, there's like a darkness really associated with it. And if I can get spiritual, I um, had a moment when I, I was raised in church and I believe I've had a relationship with Jesus since I was very young, but I'd never experienced his presence in a really concrete way until that happened. Because I remember sort of in the midst of when all of that was happening. So my senior year in high school and, um, I remember laying in my bed and I was like overcome and overwhelmed with just darkness and horrible thoughts about myself and like feeling like, what is the point? Feeling like maybe I should, you know, make life easier for everyone else. That's such a lie, by the way, that it would make everyone else's life easier if you were gone. It's such a lie. It's such a it's actually a very selfish thought, but we don't you don't know it at the time and nobody can tell you that because it would actually just be cruel to tell someone who's having suicidal thoughts that they're being selfish. It's not going to help, you know, but looking back on it, I now see that because I was thinking like, it's, it was really the only way that I could think to like solve the problem. And I don't think I really wanted to take my life, but that's where my mind was going. I probably wouldn't have ever actually done it, but that's where my mind was. And so in that really, really dark place, I actually just physically could sense and almost see this really black cloud just hovering over me in my bed. And um, I remember at the time, my mom had been doing this Bible study and she said, she told me at some point, there's power in the name of Jesus. So if you just say Jesus's name, it's going to do something, you know? And so in that moment, I just was I, I'm like in my bed, but I just said, Jesus, you know? <laughs> it's the first time I ever like, yeah. sort of, I'm like, what was that? And immediately, not only did the black cloud and the darkness disappear, but I felt some massive, massive um, angels on either side of me. And I am never one to like, when people talk about, they see an angel, I'm like, that's cute. That's adorable that you think you saw that. But um, I, I sensed it. I didn't see it. And the thing is, it's funny because I always think of an angel as some kind of little cherub that's going to come like sit on my shoulder. And I was almost more terrified by the presence of these holy beings than I was of the darkness that was over me a few minutes ago. All I knew was, holy crap, the power of whatever name I just spoke is like crazy more powerful than whatever was just on me a minute ago. And um, that to me was a turning point in my, in my depression because it became that I, I was like, I'm not going to figure this out on my own, even therapy, you know, but, but some of this is spiritual. So I, I don't, I'm sorry. I took it there. Cause I don't know if that's where you are. No, no, that's perfect. No, that's perfect. Because, because here's the thing is it leads right up into my next question is, is, you know, there's people watching and there's people that, you know, have these, these things happen and them. give me your perspective on how they can make that transition. And I know you just said it right there is saying Jesus's name, but or saying, you know, just, just the, the, for me, it's prayer every morning, you know, is getting up every single day and thanking God. You know, I have this new shirt on which my buddy just, it's his apparel company. It says this new day. So you think of each day as a new day. So no matter what happened the day before, you know, what's going to be happening that today, 
You know, like you can have a terrible day the day before, but this is a new day and this is going to impact people's life. So give me your perspective on, you know, people that are listening right now that are going through these problems. Give me your perspective on how they make that next step to get out of that funk or even just even if it's just to ask for help. Just give me some of your perspective on how they can get out of this funk, because it's easy for me to say, well, I do this and this and this because it's taken me you know, 40 years to learn this, this, and this, but give me something that, that we can give our guest or somebody that just one person, it can help. Give me your feedback on your perspective of that kind of stuff. That's such a great question. And I'm not an expert. So I always have to give that disclaimer. This is from my personal experience and everyone's experience is drastically different. And, um, you know, so what what someone else is going through and their their situation, not everything can be applied. But I feel that one thing that I think can be applied to any situation is that I am working on trying to know way more about God than I think I know about myself, way more about Jesus than I think I know about my future or that I think I know about what other people are thinking because I, and I keep saying what I think I know, because I think often we just assume that we know, we assume that we really know ourselves very well. I'm not the kind of person who would do this, that, that I am. Oh, that's me. That's my, and like, sometimes I think even as grown ass men and women, we don't know ourselves as well as we think we do. You know, you have no idea what you're capable of. You have no idea what your strengths and weaknesses are because, you know, if you're not trying new things, you don't know. So I lately I'm like, um, if I'm trying to figure out what I have to offer this world and sense of purpose and why am I even here and when I'm discouraged and, you know, situations arise that I have no control over, the, if I'm trying to find my identity in social media, what other people have to say about me, feedback in any sense of the word, it's going to um, distract me and distort my um, the version of myself that I think that God designed me to be. But if I seek him and I'm try, I try to read, trying to read my Bible more, trying to listen to podcasts that fill my soul instead of entertain, my brain that caused, I want to, I want to listen and read thing, listen to and read things that engage my heart and provide peace in any sense of that word. Like the, um, you, see, I do you, said, you said it great. You said it great. Provide peace. Yeah. That's and what we're all seeking. Knowing who the, knowing who I am in Christ and the only way that's truly going to be understood is by reading his word. And for me, listening to people who I know are very grounded and connected to his word. So I listen to Christine Kane's podcast a lot. And I like Stephen Furtick. He's the pastor of Elevation Church. Um, and then when I go to read the word, like when you open the, when I open the Bible and I haven't read the Bible in a long time, it sounds like another language it sounds very foreign and boring, to be honest. But when you're desperate, the Bible will come alive for you. So if you are in a place, I would say if anybody listen, is listening to this or watching this, is in a place of desperation, the only place where you're going to find hope, we mentioned each of us has a daughter with the name Hope, is in God's word. So um, seek him first and not any outside validation or... If you're looking for a sign, you know, that, that you are meant to be here and that the world needs you and that you were designed with a purpose, um, this is it right now. So pick up your Bible and like, it doesn't even matter where you open it because I, I truly believe the Holy Spirit will lead you to the point that you will read something that will speak to you because every one of the passages in the Bible is, is actually directly from the mouth of God. Man, I love that. And that was probably the the last three and a half minutes was probably the most powerful part of this podcast, and I and I, can't, I can't wait to to really share this, you know, because that that like I said, you just put in perspective exactly exactly what my view is on it too. Um, I wanna I wanna transition this out a little bit because I I really I've asked you some several questions before, and I really wanted to transition you into this because I really want to see what your goal is. Like, what is your goal for 
Angela, what is your goal for the next, you know, five years, 10 years of where you want to go in your company, where you want to go spiritually, where you want to go as a family, a mom, everything as a wife, where is, what is your main goal and your purpose that you want to focus on? Um, again, a great question that I, that I, I've struggled with that question my entire life. Like when people are like, what do you want to be in five or 10 years? I'm not one of those. I, um, I have a really hard time being a go-getter. Like I'm very happy and content. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm just so happy to be here. (laughs) I'm just so happy. I I mean, I, I struggle with depression, but I think when, when I experience joy and the fact that I have an opportunity to do something like this, I'm so in the moment. I'm so happy to be here. I'm just so honored to be a guest on your podcast that I'm not, like, I, I have a hard time focusing on like, what do I want to do? What are my goals in the future? <laughs> but I, I think overall, and this is going to maybe, maybe be too general, but it's all I've got. Um, I, as I get old, as I get older, with every minute, every day, every year that passes by, I want to be better. I want to be, I want to have more wisdom. Wisdom is such a, it's not a sexy word right now. I think it's, it's not a word. It's not a buzzword on Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook um, because the words that are sexy and everyone wants to hear about are success and driven. And, um, and I, like for me, I, what is success anyway? Right? Like, I mean, if I'm trying to be successful by the world's uh, perspective, then I'm going to give an answer like, well, I want to be director in my company within the next five years, you know? So I think, definitely think it's, it's good and welcome to have goals like that. Um, I just don't know right now if that's something, if that's a goal that God has for me as well. So I'm really trying to seek his face because honestly, I'm 39 years old and I'm just, I, I, I feel very lost still as far as, um, like I, I feel like I start a lot of things and I don't finish them. And so when I got into this company, I was like, I'm not quitting. Like I'm going to do this like all out, you know, but the longer I'm in it, the more I feel like God is trying to show me that it's like, of course I I want you to do well. Like, but you think I'm not going to provide for you, even if you weren't doing this, like it doesn't actually matter what we're doing, as long as we're living the, at our purpose and our purpose can be lived out no matter what we're doing. So if we're in network marketing or if we're um, a teacher at a school, if we're, uh, you know, if you're a firefighter, a policeman, if you're a social worker, if you're, a, if you work at the um, Burger King at the airport, no matter what you do or where you are, you have opportunity to impact the people around you. So I think that that's like my goal is to be, um, impactful, continually impactful to the people around me and not lose sight of the fact that that is my bigger purpose and not get caught up in the atmosphere that says you should be living your life at a pace that's uncomfortable. And if you're not, you're doing something wrong because that makes, that makes me uncomfortable. Like in network marketing, there's a lot of mentors who I do have a lot of respect for but it's not my thing. Like there's one, I add my lot. I, I love him. Do you, I don't know if you know his name. He's, he's, oh, yeah. I'm a part of the Arate syndicate. So I, I, I hear him almost every single week. It's amazing. He's incredible. Right. Yeah. But there are some things that he says that don't sit right with me. And I think that that is, that's to me, like God, the more I learn about God, the more I understand better that he's made us all different. Like Ed Milet basically says like you can double your lifespan on earth by doubling the amount of time of day that you're productive. You know, like those are the kinds of things where I'm like, well, but then I hear the Holy Spirit calling me to be restful and to work from a place of rest and to yes. and, And also that like, I, I need a lot of sleep. I need more sleep than maybe most people. So if that's true for me and I struggle with depression and there are times when I need more rest, um, then I'm going to just try to make the two hours of the day where I don't have my kids and I do have time to work as productive as possible. But if I were to force myself to get up at six o'clock in the morning and work a full 12 hour day until I went to go get my, that would actually not be 12 hours, but if I tried to work that long, it would, um, I would not be productive because I'd be exhausted and stressed out. 
So I think that like um, goal wise for me, rounding it back is that I want to continue to gain wisdom. And I do believe that comes from God and that comes from knowing Christ um, and just be become a better person at the and assessing whether or not what I'm doing and saying and posting and presenting is actually helpful or is it like self-serving? I love that answer because the, the funny thing is we talked about this about goals and then success in the past. So my next question was success. So you brought that success and what you really believe success is. But I wanted to discuss what you know, you believe in what success is and what I believe in. And, and I'll touch base because you kind of touch base a little bit about it. But I truly believe success is being obedient to God. I mean, having him, you know, giving it to him and having him tell you what success is, you know, because like I said, I read every single day. I pray every single day. The more I do those things, the more I feel like I'm more successful because I feel like I'm feeding my soul. I feel like I'm feeding my body with him and I feel like he's not going to let me down. And that's truly, that's what I, I consider success because a lot of people are fancy cars and, and money and this and that and financial freedom. If you gave me a hundred bucks right now and you said, go spend it on what you would want to do, I truly believe I would give that hundred bucks because I know that God would make it in his heart to make it a thousand bucks or 2000 bucks or even $10,000 because I've done it and I've, I've seen it happen. And that's what I like to do. That's what I consider success because, you know, a big house, fancy cars, this and that is not even anywhere what I feel success is. And that's what social media brings out. And that's what I wanted to discuss with you. And so what do you, how do you feel social media pushes success in different directions? Oh my goodness. I um, could talk about that for hours. Like I really do. Uh, I think I, I think I think about it probably more than the average person as far as what social media presents as success because I utilize social media to market my company, myself, my product, and my opportunity. And um, that is not, I guess, so rare nowadays. A lot of people are, are learning how to create another stream of income, and no one can do it anymore without social media. Because even if you own a brick and mortar business, you need social media to promote your business. So it is a skill, but it also can be a dangerous trap. Because um, if I spend a lot of, lot of time on social media, the messages that are there are um, incredibly subtle, but often contradictory to what I think that God teaches. Um, I gave an example the other day that um, I, I said, you know, I... Um, I think I kind of lost sight for a little while about what like might make me difficult to live with. <laughs> Cause uh, you know, we like my husband and I would just get, we get into arguments like everybody does, you know, and I tend to just, I, I always think I'm right. And maybe that's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, but I am, but I am. right. Oh, good. And, and I tend to just be like, like whenever we are having a disagreement, my immediate thought is like my pride goes up immediately and I'm just like, how can you not see here that you are so wrong and being so like irrational? And I have <laughs> no awareness of my own wrongness or irrationalness or just even just sometimes being able to just let it go, you know? And the same thing can happen on social media. So that's what I mean as far as like um, uh, when, like I said earlier, when something's bothering me and in a way that I feel like, why is this bothering me so much? There's probably something going on inside me. And it's not necessarily that the thing that I'm bothered by is wrong. It's that I need to reassess what I'm doing. And um, so like I, I, for a little while, was kind of irritated with um, how often I had seen success promoted as dream bigger, want more, if you aren't pushing yourself, if you aren't waking up, you know, like I said, every morning, if you aren't waking up at like three o'clock in the morning to work out and then get your day started and then do all the things, um, then what are you doing? What's your life about, you know? And, or um, just setting a goal. And if the goal is uh, so tangible that it has to do with like, let's say, for example, your job, like in my company, um, there are different ranks that you can get to. And it's kind of like, 
getting a promotion and you do earn more money when you get to the new rank, but you also have to maintain it. So it's not like being at a, you can't just not show up anymore, just like in a corporation. If you were promoted, you can't be like, okay, great. This is awesome. Now I'm making, you know, $3,000 more a year or whatever, but um, I'm not going to show up anymore. So thanks for the money. Like you have to keep it going. Um, and sometimes for me, like, I actually think I'm not ready for the next rank because I wouldn't be able to maintain it. So um, God will kind of tell me that and be like, slow, slow down. You have to take care of yourself because you're going to get burned out if you try to like run for this too fast. He tells me all the time, like your timeline is not going to look like everyone else's timeline. And that is something I've seen also on social media. But I feel like overall, there's this voice that says, go get it get it done, get that bread, um, and don't slow down. And um, it's, it's a hustle culture, I guess. And like, the, the, I've actually been in multiple conversations with people recently. There is like, I, um, some, some people are like, you can't be anti-hustle uh, culture because hustle culture is what got me to where I am today. Yeah. And it's why I, as a single mom, can provide for my family. It's why, you know, I mean, so like, I'm not saying overall that Hustle culture or the idea that we should work hard is a bad concept whatsoever. I just think that um, the focus is on self a lot, self-promotion, self-attitude, self-mindset. And um, I think the problem with that is like if the only place that we're getting um, wisdom and experience and um, feedback is through social media, we're going to become completely out of touch with what we might need to work on. And if it's time to slow down, we might not hear that it's time to slow down. So I, I, my version and idea of success is very similar to yours. Like I, I just want to be obedient and I want to be aware of what God is trying to work on in me and less aware of what I'm bothered by by everyone else, including my husband, including my kids. You know, if, if I get upset about something lately, I'm just like, wait a minute, is this about me or is this about them? I was, um, this is quick, I promise. I was making a <laughs> shake the other day uh, and I had an immersion blender and the immersion blender had gotten stuck. And so it was like making a really God awful noise of metal on metal. And like, Clearly something was wrong, right? But I knew I wouldn't like finish making my shake if I didn't just like barrel through it and just use it. And so the <laughs> girls were inside and they were like, ah, it's a horrible noise. And I and I said, well, just go. If you don't like it, go outside. <laughs> I sent them outside so I could continue to use my immersion blender that was making a metal on metal grinding noise. Like I should have stopped to figure out what was wrong with my blender. But instead of stopping to figure out what was wrong with my blender, I said, if you don't like it, the door's out there. Don't let it hit your ass on the way out. And I think that that's an attitude that's promoted a lot on social media that yeah. like bothers me at an intrinsic level. So lately when I see it, it'll, it'll be something so subtle, like, um, don't let somebody else put out your fire. If people don't like what you're doing, you don't need their approval. And the truth is, no, we don't. We don't need everyone else's approval or validation. But is that their problem or our mm. problem that yeah. we're seeking it to begin with, right? Um, so I think that just made me realize that I need to sort of like mind and manage um, the things about myself that uh, whenever something's bothering me, is it really that situation that's the problem or that person that's the problem? What do I need to look at? inside and humble myself and be like, okay, how could I modify this going forward? You know, you said it best is sometimes you need to slow down. So I, I always use the analogy is sometimes you got to slow down to speed up because we're so in this fast paced world, social media, do this, click of the button and you can buy this and Amazon and, you know, Domino's pizza and we got shipped now. And so everybody's in that now, now, now stage, but really sometimes you just got to stop, slow down, and look at everything and then you can speed up because we get so, so overwhelmed with everything day and age. And you just even said it as a, it's like, if people don't like it, then they can get out. That's the, that's the mentality. It's like, I don't like that mentality. That's not the mentality. You have to have that structure and you have to have that wherewithal to know that you can't just push through things all the time. You have to, you have to slow down to speed up. So um, I, I want to, I want to ask one more question and then we, we're going to end this, but I wanted to 
ask you, and I want you to give the listeners your best advice uh, that you got, that you received in life. And why don't you just tell, I don't, you don't have to say who said it. You don't have, I mean, you can, if you want, but give me your best advice to this day of what somebody has given you and what you've used to make your life better. Oh, did you tell me to prepare for that question? <laughs> I'm like looking at my notes. Did I have that written down? Um, hey, hey if, you, if, if, if you don't have an answer, that's all right. Um, my biggest thing is, is I know for, for advice for you, like, I mean, people probably give you advice all the time about getting on social media, getting out there, getting yourself. But I wanted your best advice that has made you the way you are today. And that could even be an advice from God. I mean, by praying and doing this stuff. But my thing is, is, is I've had a lot of people give me advice and some people give me the wrong advice. And so that's why I like to tell people, you know, advice that somebody has helped me. I mean, even with my company, I mean, it's, it's one of those things is, is being a, you know, a company that has integrity, has God and faith in it and, and, and really just family oriented and culture driven. That's what I like. And that's what I push. And so that's when, when I was building my company, everybody said, Hey, if you're going to build something, you build an empire and you build a, a really solid foundation. And if you can build that solid foundation and, and wherewithal, you you won't have bad people that come in your company and that try to disrupt it. So each day and age, we, we, we try to get the best people we can. Well, we have core values and that's what we focus on. So when somebody told me, hey, structure your company around your core values and then you build around your core values. That was the best advice that I could ever get from somebody, because to be honest with you, people build companies so fast, they don't even realize what the core values are. And then they build this massive, massive empire. And then really they find out that their company isn't what they wanted. They, they're, they're very unhappy. They're, you know, they're distraught because, you know, there's 20 people in their company they don't like, and they don't feel like they have the value. So tell me, you know, just on just me giving you that advice, what what has been your best advice that somebody has given you that you've implemented that has helped you? Um, okay, so the first thing I can think of is um, is from the Bible. There's a passage that says, "Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you." Um, and what I think that means is like if I'm um, seeking. God first and making him the center of my world, not just the CEO of my company, not just the head of my family, um, but the actual center of my universe, like, you know, seek first his opinions, um, his promises, and what he says about me, what my purpose is, and what I'm supposed to be doing every minute of every day, then everything else will be added. Um, Christine Kane, the the person I like to listen to um, on podcast, she has several ministries. She's a, a speaker. Um, she runs a, a ministry for um, a human trafficking called A21 and just started another um, sister ministry called Propel. And it's like her, um, she's 51 years old. She doesn't look like a supermodel. She looks like a very normal woman, you know, married one kid. Like her, I like her philosophies because she presents herself to me as an incredibly humble person. She's not obsessed with social media. She doesn't know everything that's going on in the world all the time. She's aware enough. She's, she seeks God to say like, what do I need to be aware of? Because mm -hmm. where do you need me? Because otherwise everything else that I'm aware of is a waste of time. Um, so I was just listening to her podcast today and she says often that if, um, audience of one, like I serve for an audience of one. So whatever I'm doing, it doesn't matter anyone else's opinion on like, if somebody, if God tomorrow told me to completely quit this network marketing thing to do something else, I would. But as of right now, he's not, I don't think he's asking me to do that. <laughs> but um, I think sometimes he'll ask us to do something that'll seem scary, but other times we, we just got to stick with what we're doing and just wait for his guidance, like um, get the ball rolling and he'll guide it as you go. But if your ball's not rolling, he can't guide anything. Um, but I mean, that's essentially the heart of it is just like seek first his face and all these things will be added to you. I think from the moment I joined this network marketing business, I felt God told me your business is going to look different from anyone else's who's ever done this before. And I didn't know exactly what that meant. But um, 
I think it was more about me than it was about the industry. So I, whatever I'm doing, I just want to be learning from him about myself so that I can better help other people. Man, that was a, that was a great ending too, because like I said, I knew you'd come up with a good answer and I might not even ask you that, but I knew that it, that was in my heart that I wanted to ask you that question. So I, I'm sorry I put you on the spot, but I wanted to thank you. And I also wanted to have people, I want to, I want to share your Instagram. It's Angela Hasman at, uh, it's just basically at Angela Hasman. It's A-N-G-E-L-A-H-A-S-M-O-N. So I'll put the link and everything. I'll put your link tree in there so people okay. can follow you. But like it's I said, M-A-N, two A's. M-A-N. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like I said, I'll put that on the link and I appreciate you for uh, being a guest, but you know, thank you very much for your time. I really, I know it's, it's a very valuable to you and I really appreciate you coming on here, but I'm excited to uh, definitely connect more and, and watch your journey because it's uh, like I said, it's, it's fun to watch people that are, are on the same mission as you. So I really appreciate that. So I want you to have a fantastic weekend. And I, and I think, are you, a, are you a Michigan or Michigan state fan? Cause we've got a big game coming up on Saturday. Are you a Michigan or Michigan state fan? I know your husband's a Michigan mm -hmm. fan, right? No, I'm neutral. My husband, neutral? if anything, he, he's from New York, so okay. he's also neutral. But my brother-in-law went to state for like a year. So if anything, I guess we're state fans. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to say go green because it's a big game this weekend. And I just, uh, like I said, I appreciate you being on here. And everybody uh, have a great, great rest of your week. <laughs>